Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. I recently became a grandmother for the first time. And I don't think I've ever experienced so many different feelings at the same time all at once. Fear and anxiety around my daughter's delivery. Amazement and wonder looking into my granddaughter's eyes for the first time. The joy of the smell and feel of that tiny body cuddling into my neck. And the pride of seeing my daughter as a mother for the first time. Having a baby and learning to be a parent is certainly one of life's greatest challenges. How is ACT used for helping mothers and fathers in in these challenges of having a baby? Today you're going to get a chance to meet with one of the only persons I know who works with this. And this is Dr. Emma Haney, who's a clinical psychologist and the director of the ACT Center in Adelaide. Uh, She works at the Women's and Children's Hospital in Adelaide and runs special ACT training workshops for mothers and and babies. You can read more about Emma and her work on her website, which you can reach by clicking her name on this week's episode of ACT Taking Her to Hope. So I want to especially welcome you, Emma. Thank you, Joanne. And I know that you are in Adelaide in Australia, about the, on the other side of the world from me here in Sweden right now. That's right. <laughs> How is the weather there? It's actually cold here today, so we're heading into winter, so it's starting to get cooler now. Okay. And, and right now we are just heading into uh, spring, so we are having a beautiful spring day today. Beautiful. So, Emma, I know that you're a mom with two children. That's right. Uh, two girls. Uh, uh, so w- what got you interested in this subject of um, how ACT could be used for mothers with and fathers with uh, babies? Um, well, I was working here in Australia, Joanne, for a perinatal mental health team, um, working with mothers and babies through pregnancy and postnatally. And I'd started being sort of been getting interested in ACT around the same time. So it was around 2004 and 2005. Mm-hmm. And it um, really struck me how beautifully attachment theory and ACT work together with these clients. And as I began to get more interested in it, how the two could work together, I um, started to run a few groups using the two approaches together with another colleague. And from there, sort of seeing the impact ACT could have on promoting secure attachment had me hooked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know much about attachment theory. Um, so how, 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 uh, how do they go together? Well, um, 
so I guess when we think about attachment, we um, you know, we think about you know promoting secure attachment, which is a, sort of a responding appropriately to the infant's cues, mm-hmm. thinking about skin to skin touch and sort of that sensory interaction, and um, you know, really being able to sort of contain the infant's emotional experience in a way that lets them explore the world and become independent little human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the processes in ACT um, just work so beautifully with that secure attachment model. Mm-hmm. It, it, did you have your own personal experience too? And when I mean, you had children during this time yourself. Absolutely. So, you know, shortly after I became interested in ACT, um, I had my first eldest daughter. And really, you know, that just kind of increased my passion for the work because it just showed me how, um, you know, using ACT in this way can just enrich relationships in your life, particularly with babies and small children. Yeah, it sounds so important, Emma, that that that, that, that works out. So how common is it um, that mothers and fathers have, have problems with um, uh, when they become parents for the first time, or maybe not even the first time? Yeah, yeah. So we're told, you know, statistically that it's about one in four women that experience mental health difficulties through pregnancy and postnatally. So the most common of these is depression or anxiety. Um, but, but to me, this doesn't really give us an indication of women who are struggling, who don't sort of meet those cutoff scores that, you know, on the mm-hmm. surveys that get sent out for depression or anxiety. Or you know whose experiences are painful, but they don't—they're not captured by those statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it also doesn't give us an indication of the fathers or family members or siblings who have difficulty during this stressful period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say that sort of struggling, struggling at this period of time through pregnancy or or postnatally is probably more the norm rather than the exception. Mm-hmm. And in what ways um, do people struggle? So, you know, people struggle, I guess, with, you know, like you've probably experienced as a grandmother, as you were saying in your introduction, with, with that fear of, of what's going to happen, am I going to do a good enough job at mm-hmm. this huge task that lies ahead of me? Um, so, you know, the fear and anxiety around that, but you add to that sort of this mix of being chronically sleep deprived, maybe having a traumatic de- delivery, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those stress and expectations that are put on mums around breastfeeding and mm-hmm. the infant's development. So, you know, amongst all that, you have this huge mix of sort of pain and struggle as well as the beauty and wonder and amazement of having a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it is It is probably the, the probably the one of the biggest challenges that that you could possibly do in your life. Absolutely, yeah. And one that I think that has... Um, you know, we, we think about that that flip side of how important something is to you versus how much pain it can create. And to me, like, um, when you think about being a parent or a grandparent, that just highlights that so perfectly, really. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you bring human life into the world, but at the same time, it's just so incredible, um, incredibly anxiety-provoking. Yeah, yeah. It must be, <laughs> what you're saying, Emma, I think it must be that you're sort of setting the stage to how, you know, parenting will be if, if, you, if you start off in a, on a good foot and learn maybe in a kind of micro way um, how to interact with a child that, that could help you for the rest of parenting. 
That's right. And that's why it's really wonderful at the service I used to work in where we would often start seeing women during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So some of that work can be done before the baby actually arrives, which is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. So tell us, Emma, how, how does a ACT approach this? So um, within ACT, you know, it's really about helping parents to create more interactions with their children that are about coming into the present moment with all, you know, the pleasant and unpleasant internal experiences that go with that and and making a committed choice about what what they want to do in that interaction with their child Mm -hmm. that's in line with the parent that they ultimately want to be. Mm -hmm. Okay, so present moment, that's, yeah. Well, well, I'm going to ask you later to give us an example of how you do that. Yeah? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, so what what else? So, um, so we would, I guess, start off by exploring, let's say if we were working with mum, um, the thoughts and feelings and memories. So, you know, we'll, we'll, all of us come with our own histories around parenting and being parented ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we would explore with mum, um, you know, what she's struggling with in, in kind of different situations with being a parent. And, and often, you know, that's thoughts like I'm not doing a good enough job, mm. um, the baby's not responding to me like it responds to other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do I look as a mother when other people are watching me out in public mm-hmm. or I'm never going to be able to get this right, mm-hmm. um, you know, along with the pain and the sadness and anxiety that comes along with that. Mm-hmm. So we so we explore that internal experience. Mm-hmm. And then we have. Sorry, go on, Joe. I was just thinking about. I uh, also when I'm looking at my daughter. I, also, what what's wrong with the child when the child is crying? It trying to figure out um, why is she crying? What's wrong? That's that's right. That yeah. seems to be so, a major thing. <laughs> so then, and sometimes we can get caught up in that long list of I need to fix this. You know, I need to. Um, feed her or change her, is she warm or cold? And and you can get caught up in that struggle of how do I fix her crying? Yeah. Um, I also thought too that's interesting that uh, even if you might think you figured it out one night, it's not the same the next night. That's right. That's right. So there's this flexibility that has to go with it as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so with those internal experiences, um, you know, then we might talk with mum about what she does in those situations when some of that comes up. So mm-hmm. does she leave the baby to cry or give the baby to someone else, withdraw, um, you know, distract herself with the computer or Facebook? And mm-hmm. and then we can explore with mum how those things work. And, general, you know, generally what mum say is that... Um, there's a sense of kind of relief in that moment of I don't have to deal with this or mm-hmm. um, someone else can deal with the crying. But when, you know, very gently we look at long term, mm-hmm. um, we can we can talk about what the costs might be in regards to how mum does actually want a parent so, and so be you, with this child. So you're saying, Emma, that um, <clears throat> the, the way a person may deal with a baby, uh, for example, this type of stress, would it, would it if you look at, behavior patterns uh, a person has dealt earlier with their life would be would come out here too so like coping strategies of going to Facebook when things got uh, difficult that that in this situation which is a new situation that those strategies would for example of avoiding stress yep. would come yep. out here 
Absolutely. Yeah, so there's often that crossover, isn't there, of, of, of when something stressful happens in everyday life and we get, you know, internal experiences that we struggle with. We, you know, we commonly turn to the same behaviours that relieve us of that stress. Yeah. Emma, I was thinking too, uh, uh, my daughter would say, I'm waiting for life to get back to normal the way it was before. Is, is that a, a, an issue that uh, life will never be the same, that actually there's it's it's not going to get back the way it was before you had a baby. <laughs> and I guess it's about what happens in that waiting, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, as we wait, are we kind of missing out on um, on interactions that we want to have with the baby, but also what happens in our in the world around us and our everyday life mm-hmm. around us. So, you know, does the waiting cost us anything in terms of how we want life to be and, are we going to look back in a year or two years' time and thought, you know, maybe I should have been living then rather than waiting for something mm-hmm. to change? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so continue to tell us. Um, so then, you know, if we think again from an attachment perspective, what what we know then is that when um, mums are struggling with sleep deprivation or intrusive thoughts or, you know, sometimes they've experienced postnatal depression Previously, So there's lots of thoughts around, is this happening again? Or look what happened last time. Um, then that can start to impact on how um, mum responds to the infant's cues and behaviour. And so certainly when life is full up of all those avoidance strategies that you mentioned, Joanne, um, you know, that can impact on, on being with the infant in the present moment, which we know the baby's experience of that is that they might become, you know, their world becomes more uncertain. So mm-hmm. they then can become more unsettled. Mm-hmm. And that in turn creates more distress for mum, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. leads to more struggles for her. And so it creates this sort of cycle that um, that isn't pleasant for mum or baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sort of a vicious circle. So the more she withdraws, the more uncertain the baby becomes, and then uh, the, maybe the more the baby cries, and then, and then she so it's a, a easy. It easily becomes a vicious circle. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, going through that process with mum in a really compassionate and and gentle way, in a way that's not about. Um, um, blame or you know being paternalistic but um, is, is from a place of shared understanding because you know I know myself as a parent that um, there are so many times when I get it so wrong with mm-hmm. with my children and um, I look back and I think I could have done that so bet so much better in that situation yeah. and so you know when you approach this with a mum or a dad from a place of shared understanding then mm-hmm. then it kind of creates a space for for something new to happen and to open up to that sounds so important what you're saying Emma because it's, it must be easy to, to feel uh, guilt and shame if you have um, felt you've hurt your child that's right yep yeah, and particularly, you know, when we think about um, the hardest part and the most painful part, and certainly that's, you know, that's true for myself as well. When I think about what the perspective or the experience of is of that, that interaction for my children, you know, when it hasn't gone the way that I want it to go, then that's when it really hurts. You know, mm-hmm. that's where the pain lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, Emma, uh, if you look at these different act processes. Uh, sure. What would, how would ACT pertain to this? 
um, so if we think about from an acceptance perspective, um, you know, we know acceptance is about making space and room for our own emotional experience, but when there's an infant in the room, we talk about acceptance in terms of also being able to make room for the infant's experience mm -hmm. in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And so if we're doing those mindfulness um, exercises in the room about breathing and making room for what's going on underneath our skin, we also think about, you know, what's it like to breathe and make room for what the infant might be experiencing underneath his or her skin in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then linking that acceptance to values always, thinking about whether opening up to that um, brings us further or closer away um, to the parent that we want to be. Mm -hmm. That sounds important. Okay. Mm. Yep. And so then if we think about thoughts in relation to diffusion, so as we all know, there's a huge amount of thoughts that come with being a parent around doing a good enough job and, you know, all those things we've already talked about. Um, and so I guess, you know, it's about the mum um, noticing, you know, when those thoughts come up or even this, those thoughts around memory, um, memories of what's happened in her past, mm -hmm. what's her experience of when that happened? So... Um, you know, is she able to be and, and, and be there with the baby when she's fighting with her own mind around the thoughts that she's having, um, the images that are coming up for her? Okay, so if she's if she's sitting, for example, with the baby and then she starts having these thoughts, am I good enough? And then wondering, am I coming closer or farther away? What, what's, what's this thought doing? doing with me that's right mm -hmm. that's right and there's a really nice hard to do it over radio but you know there's that really lovely um um you know visual um ex you know exercise that you can use with diffusion where placing your hand in front of you and and where the and the baby's face is gives a really good indication of how those thoughts can block you mm -hmm. being with the baby in that moment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. that's that's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, this is the present moment stuff is really my favourite um, part of being able to do this work with mums and babies because, um, you know, mindful interaction with an infant is just so wonderful. And, yeah. um, and generally what we would do is start with mums in quieter moments with the baby, so when the baby might be sleeping or feeding and getting mum to, to start sort of, acutely becoming aware of those moments in time mm -hmm. together yep so and then gradually working our way up to the louder uh -huh. <laughs> the louder moments yep do you have an example of how you do that sure so um let's imagine that mum's in the room and she's breastfeeding the baby mm -hmm. um so you know we would say to mum to start to take a breath and to notice the sounds that she is making as she feeds, to notice the texture, texture of her skin, so maybe to gently pick up her hand and notice the fine lines on her skin. Mm -hmm. Notice the smell around you that she has, mm -hmm. the sounds that you can hear while she's feeding. And those moments where she holds your gaze, fine details of what her eyes look like. And as you're doing that, observing thoughts that come into your mind, 
gently being able to acknowledge that they're there without being um, taken away by them. And the same with feelings or sensations that come in and go away or linger around for longer. That's really beautiful, Emma. I think it's it's so important this uh, if because there's nothing more wonderful than than, than uh, holding a baby and it's it's so uh, reinforcing if you could just keep your focus there. That's right, and and you know when we think back to what we were describing as um, promoting secure attachment, a big part of that is that skin to skin touch and mm-hmm. and that. And if you look at all the attachment literature, a lot of it is around just present moment focus with the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and that... when you're in that, so I was going to say, when you're in that space, it becomes then um, uh, easier to, to respond to what the infant's doing because you you're more in the here and now with the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an incredibly important uh, component. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Emma, we haven't talked, uh, the component self is context. We haven't really defined on this program. It's a, it's a, uh, so how, but how would that pertain here? So I guess, um, you know, self as context with mums and babies is, I think about it as creating this understanding that the child or the infant is also this little human being that has thoughts and feelings and sensations that come and go just like I have as a parent. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you know, thinking about in those present moments what what the experience is for that little person in terms of their thoughts and feelings and sensations. And, and I think about it of, as, you know, if we think of ourselves as, as like a house with different contents or so different rooms and, and um, different parts of the house, different furniture mm-hmm. that, that are all those thoughts and feelings and sensations that move around us all the time, that our baby is almost like the house next door, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of expand our awareness to... Um, to the houses in our neighbourhood around us and, and this gives us a really um, great way of, of thinking about what our baby's experiences are in different moments. I like that, thinking of different houses. That's a really good way of thinking about that. Mm. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've, you've talked about values um, so far, but uh, this about what kind of parent do I want to be, that seems to be a pretty powerful way to uh, find an overarching value. Yeah, so um, so I guess, you know, obviously when we're working with mums or dads, the, the values that naturally get focused on are our parenting values. And, um, and I think, um, you know, having, working with mums around, you know, what their own experiences of being parented were and, and which of those would they choose to kind of keep or let go of if they were thinking of themselves as a parent. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this really nice exercise I like to do with people where, um, you know, particularly it becomes more powerful if the baby's in the room and we talk about, imagine, you know, I'll use my little girl's name, which is Ivy. So imagine here with Ivy and, and that she was sitting in this room now um, at the age that I am now and she's talking about the sort of parent that I was to her. And so how would I like her to describe to me um, the parent that I was and, and, and the way that I interacted with her and, and what I was like with her over the years that she was growing up. 
<laughs> I imagine that's very powerful. Uh, my own children are in their 30s now, and, and I and they certainly, uh, it's when they talk about how you were as a parent, it's, it can be really, really powerful. So if you really, if you brought that to mind already now, mm. I think that would be a wonderful way to keep yourself on track. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and then and then you know you know with with values at least that kind of provides the guide for us. And of course, there are going to be times, like I said, that we we step off that path and and end up somewhere else. But at least it provides that guide of really kind of where we want to go as a mum or a dad. Yeah, I think that really puts things into perspective. Mm. Mm. Emma, do you have a an example of someone you've worked with where you've used this and how it's gone for them? Absolutely, yep. So um, um, a special lady comes to mind that I worked with um, several years ago and and, um, how about for the radio show, I'll I'll, I'll give her an Australian Australian name that everyone uses, which is Sharon. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Sharon came to me when she was was 26 um, and she was referred with postnatal depression um, with her third baby, and the baby was four months old when she came to the service, and and she sticks in my mind um, often. You know, she comes up for me often because I often think of Sharon when she arrived at that initial assessment, and she had um, her little baby in the pram, um, but the baby just seemed absent in the room. So mm-hmm. she was she was sitting you know, in the pram, in the corner, and as we were talking, it almost felt like the baby um, wasn't even there, part of the assessment. And that really struck me, particularly when I left the room and I thought about it afterwards, that that really struck me that she just, um, the baby didn't even seem like she was there with us. And, mm-hmm. um, and so Sharon came and saw me for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been difficult for her because she hadn't initially wanted the baby, so the pregnancy was unexpected. Mm-hmm. Baby's dad had left while she was pregnant, and, and she wanted a termination, um, but it had been too late by the time she went to get that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for Sharon, she was racked with guilt really over over this now that the the baby had arrived, and, and during the pregnancy, she had really. Um, um, wanted to to not have this baby mm-hmm. um, so you can imagine you know huge amounts of guilt and shame for this mum um, throughout the therapy and 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 the work that we did together was really about coming into contact with this guilt and shame and and creating these moments of interaction with the baby where she could also make room for those painful experiences that she was having um, inside her as well mm-hmm. and um, and you know it, each time that occurred obviously the guilt around how much time has gone past now since the baby was born and how disconnected she had been during that time created another layer of guilt and so um, you know we and uh, along with all thoughts around what a terrible job she was doing as a mum and and mm-hmm. and she had never wanted this child and now she was you know not doing a good enough job to her and her family around her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know as we as we went through the therapy and and we worked on ways of knowing what to do with her thoughts and and the feelings that she was having we were able to identify that um, 
you know, for her um, being a mum, she would often say, I don't have any values around that. I didn't want the child. And mm-hmm. um, But the fact that she felt so incredibly sad um, and felt so much pain around what was happening was really an indication that she did mm-hmm. want that child and it was very important to her. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, and so I have this wonderful moment, you know, that sticks in my mind of seeing her down, uh, you know, a few months down the track and, and she was breastfeeding the baby in session and, and I just had these two contrasting images, you know, of that initial assessment where the baby had been absent in the room to now where she was sitting there feeding the baby and and, and being, you know, physically close with her but you could tell there was also that emotional connection mm-hmm. there with the baby. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, just such... She was just one client where, you know, you see that act work and the attachment theory just working so beautifully together. So this is is interesting. So um, uh, we had a program a few weeks ago with uh, Jason Lioma about shame and um, Mm. talking about, so one thing is to have a problem and another thing is to be ashamed of it that closes you down. It's like avoidance on top of avoidance. And it sounds like this with the... With this woman, it sounds incredibly important that you helped her to to um, uh, see the value of fear of of shame. That the, re- the the point that it was so difficult for her was a, was a point where she could kind of flip it over and say that was because it's important to me. And absolutely, yeah. And and it's amazing, you know, talking about that shame. How the way that you might do an initial. Um, that initial session with the client often, uh, you know, um, it, often clients can leave that session feeling incredible amounts of shame, depending on how you structure that assessment. Because there's lots of questions around, you know, the standard questions around: was this a wanted pregnancy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your medical history with the pregnancy? Do you have a partner? And all these questions that automatically when things haven't gone the way that you've wanted them to go evoke so much shame yeah yeah but it's probably more the rule than the exception that things don't go the way you think that you know in the that's right yeah how so how did it how did it work out for this woman um so when she uh left me she like i said that that connection between her and the little baby who was now sort of over 12 months old was was really quite wonderful and and absolutely she still had her times where she felt like she was stuffing up or she wasn't doing a good enough job but you know overall the way she dealed with those moments when they happened was was just remarkable and and about five years later, I got an email from this mum uh, with a picture of this little baby now starting school, and I get goosebumps now as I talk about <laughs> it because it was just beautiful to get. And um, you know, the email was just full of words around how she was, how proud she was of the little girl and and herself, and she'd gone on to have more kids and and how much how important it was for her to be a mum now. Mm. Emma, it sounds like such incredible, important work that you're doing. Thank you, Joanne. Yeah, and and I mean, wonderful work at the same time. Mm. It must be very rewarding. Emma, we're come to the end of our program. Um, I'm sure there's listeners uh, who are, you know, like me, a grandmother, or have their own children or uh, friends who experience this type of problems. What advice could you give our listeners? 
So I, I would say, you know, that even though it feels like you're the only one who has these difficult experiences with your child or your baby, um, and, and often it seems that when you look around, everyone else seems to be doing such a better job than what you're doing, and, and it would be too shameful or embarrassing to talk about or admit otherwise that... Um, you know, we know that that's absolutely not the case, that every parent and grandparent struggles with, with thoughts around not having done a good enough job or feeling inadequate, um, you know, lost about what to do, feelings of uncertainty and anxiety and guilt. Um, but, you know, learning ways in which we can create interactions with our children and babies that are about promoting attachment and, and bringing us closer to the parents that we want to be is, is you know, really possible by talking to someone that incorporates ACT into their work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like, Emma, that these three points of ACT, um, you've of opening up to uh, both the pain and and the uh, wonder of having a baby and to be aware of what are thoughts and what is going on in the moment and then acting in the way uh, you want to be as a parent. Is that? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much, Emma, for being on our program today. Thank you, Joanne, for having me. You've been listening to Dr. Emma Haney. She is a clinical psychologist and the director of the ACT Centre in Adelaide, Australia. She also works at the Women's and Children's Hospital in Adelaide. Emma runs workshops, uh, especially for ACT and attachment for mothers and babies. And you can read more about Emma and her work on her website by clicking on her name on this week's uh Radio Act Taking Hurt to Hope. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.